Section 7 of Criminal Investigation, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Tabler. Criminal Investigation, a Practical Handbook for Magistrates, Police Officers, and Lawyers. Volume 1 by Hans Gross. Translated by John Adam and John Collier Adam. Chapter 1. The Investigating Officer. Continued. Section 6. Knowledge of Men. One of the requisites necessary to enable an investigating officer to work with accuracy is a profound knowledge of men. For after all, he cannot advance a step without utilizing the agency of men. The people who play a role in an inquiry are only useful to furnish proofs. They render just as much or just as little service to the investigating officer as he knows how to exact from them. The impression of a foot found on the scene of a crime is absolutely of no significance to an ignorant investigating officer, but it is a decisive proof if he knows how to make use of it. A witness will tell nothing or make but inaccurate and unimportant statements to an incompetent investigating officer, while the very same witness will make precise, true, and important statements to an investigating officer who can read him at a glance and knows how to handle him. And if an investigating officer who has no knowledge of men by chance discovers the truth, it is worthless to him. There are witnesses who really desire to tell the truth, but when witnesses do not wish to do so, the result is truly lamentable. The record shows only how the investigating officer has let himself be duped by the witnesses and led by them just where they chose. A treatise on the knowledge of human character, teaching how really to know men, has never yet been written and probably never will be. We can but indicate certain methods available in particular cases few though these unfortunately are a most important and really valuable means is the study of documents if there be any forming the record of the career of the accused one can then start with more confidence if the matter is of some importance the old record must be studied as if bearing on the case in hand it is not sufficient for example to merely read through the statements of the accused and to look up a few important registers the record must be studied in its entirety the whole history must be gone through step by step and in its fullest development in order to see how the accused has defended himself on previous occasions and compare that defence with his present one it is astonishing how men stick to the same defence and justification of their conduct even after a long space of time this is not to say that an individual who pleads guilty once will do so always or that if he has once endeavored to vindicate himself by throwing suspicion upon the witnesses that he will repeat the charge upon every occasion nothing in life repeats itself with such servile accuracy but the broad lines of the picture the whole impression that the examination has produced will be renewed as often as he is examined every investigating officer who following the procedure indicated studies at the outset the antecedent record of the accused will receive at the commencement of the new examination 
the impression that the accused is striking out a new line but as the examination advances he will regain little by little but very accurately the impression as a whole and will be definitely convinced that his man has not changed the process is indeed identical only perhaps with the difference that the individual has in the meantime acquired more experience has become more cunning and more circumspect or on the other hand that he has become older and has fallen away somewhat in craftiness and address the picture previously seen has become tarnished but the broad lines stand out quite plainly if one is in possession of the records in several cases relating to the accused and if they have been carefully studied one will know his man so well as to be able to say in advance how he will behave and what explanations he will give on what points he may be believed about what he will lie and how he must be handled in order to extract the truth from him the study of old records is very important not only in the case of the accused but also as regards important witnesses who are themselves old offenders or who have given evidence in other cases in this way one often discovers how easiest to handle the witness what to say to him how far to believe him and the readiest method of proving him to be a liar another guide to the knowledge of men consists in bringing to the examination the closest attention and in seeking all the time to read the very soul of the man the investigating officer who examines his witness only in order to complete a formality who closes the inquiry solely in order to make an end of it will certainly find few occasions of increasing his knowledge of men if the investigating officer wishes to know men every individual who enters his room must become an object worthy of study from the first moment the manner in which he presents himself looks around allows himself to be questioned replies asks questions in return in a word the way in which he behaves ought never even in the most insignificant affair be a matter of indifference to the conscientious investigating officer he must always make himself form an idea as to whether the person has spoken the truth and the whole truth or whether he has lied or passed over something in silence he must also look for the motives prompting the individual to act in the way in which he has done how his statements fit in with the circumstances which have to be taken into account the effect he has desired to produce what was of importance to himself and what means he has employed to make his testimony appear sincere and accurate the investigating officer ought to remember or better still note down what he has thus observed or believes he has observed this will be of use to him during the course of the inquiry if in its course he finds a circumstance proving the accuracy or inaccuracy of previous observations he secures in the first case confirmation of the view taken and in the second will endeavor to find out why he has been deceived and discover where and how the error has taken birth before finally leaving a case the investigating officer has a fresh opportunity at the time of the general revision always necessary on other grounds of going over all he has observed and comparing it with the results obtained this work costs much time and trouble but great profit is obtained from it in the shape of valuable and interesting observations for future guidance above all 
where the investigating officer has succeeded in completely elucidating an intricate case and has arrived at an unexpected result then it is most useful to go again over the inquiry and verify all the depositions of the witnesses noting how they accord with the now known course of events he can then understand why such a witness spoke with so much hesitation or why another was so embarrassed and he comprehends a mass of equivocal and uncertain statements many things which appeared to be quite contradictory now fit in together neatly he can explain the tone of voice the doubt or the assurance shown by the witnesses while giving evidence for future cases this task is most valuable yet it is not in the exercise of his duty that the investigating officer can best acquire this knowledge of men but in his daily and ordinary life in his relations with his fellows and in the course of ordinary events he does indeed learn while working and every case teaches him something new but his necessary occupations give him so much to do and in so many ways that they are not precisely the best suited for imparting instruction in following his profession he must always be in possession of pre-acquired knowledge this may be perfected and increased but the true time for studying is gone the principal reason is that nothing can be properly learned without actual experience practice is better than precept rightly says a popular proverb but experience can be very well gained in private life while it is not always convenient to acquire it during the exercise of one's profession to this end everything in life can be utilized every conversation every concise statement every word thrown out by chance every action every aspiration every trait of character every item of conduct every look or gesture observed in others be it only for a moment or during a long course of years and compared with events as they arise ascertain facts and realities the investigating officer ought indeed to keep a balance sheet for every man with whom he comes into contact noting down therein his observations upon his acts his words and physiognomy balancing them with events making comparisons and controlling and verifying them the best way to fill his diary if he keeps one will be to write down observations on himself and others but many things can be learned without written notes as a rule we find no difficulty in remembering the impression made upon us by the actions of others and do not easily forget the discovery of the mistakes we have made as regards them to him who goes through life with no desire to enlighten himself these disillusionments only produce a painful impression but he who wishes to profit by his experiences in life can obtain from them lessons of utility the best employed money says a frankfurt philosopher is that of which we have been defrauded because with that money we have purchased the circumspection necessary to life the investigating officer can also profit by those painful experiences which are the most numerous in life they invariably arise from false ideas we have acquired and when the mischief comes we may yet derive great profit from it if instead of bewailing our loss we look upon it as an interesting problem and try to find the cause the investigating officer will in such a case revive the idea first formed attempt to discover how he formed it and compare it with the experience just undergone the mistake committed may then be recognized and he will not repeat it 
and he will be able to make use of the acquired results of experience in his profession as criminal investigator other experiences than those in which we ourselves take part may prove valuable the smallest observation may some day be of decisive importance we are told something and believe it and later we discover its inaccuracy something is told us which we do not believe and afterwards find to be quite true this sort of thing appears of little importance in life but there is matter for instruction in it if we care to find out how we have allowed ourselves to fall into error how the mistake arose whether voluntarily or not how we might have been able to discover the truth at the time and why we did not discover it perhaps subsequent events will even enable us to find out the exact reason why the truth was kept dark how our mistake came about and finally the truth itself let us place ourselves in our former position and consider what our conclusion would then have been by acting frequently in this way we will be the less liable when analogous cases crop up what is above all of importance in private life is to ferret out the motive for a lie when a story about something has been related either to ourselves or to others false in some particular which we only discover later on we more often than not carry the matter no further because it is of no importance in itself but if we wish to gather a lesson therefrom we will try by a direct method for preference as by frankly and honestly asking the question to discover why the lie had been put in circulation most often we will find that the lie has been started out of human weakness rather than through real perversity throughout life we will find that lying is infinitely more common than is generally believed we shall be much less disposed to be indignant about falsehoods if we recognize that the motives for them are most often perfectly childish and foolish what an investigating officer has thus learned in private life can often be utilized in important cases he will understand that a man is not necessarily in league with a thief because he has not spoken the truth and that if he is told a falsehood it is often out of vanity or some other little human weakness but in an actual case the motive which has led the investigating officer into error is of little importance in many cases he will avoid being deceived by remembering these shabby motives but when even he has been convinced that the witness is not in league with the author of the crime he ought always to go on investigating in order to find out whether the witness had not some other motive for lying a motive which must often be sought for in quite another direction End of section seven